Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back to another episode of Developing the Leader Within podcast. I'm Enrique, your host, and I am with Ravi Rajani today, all the way from the UK. So this is the special thing now, folks. Uh, we're going to be speaking about leadership and public speaking, and I could think of no better person to discuss this topic than Ravi. Ravi, thank you for being with me today and sharing this uh, platform. Thank you, brother. I, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, I didn't pay him to say that, okay? <laughs> it, it sounds too good to be true, but listen, man, I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to this, dude. When I first connected with you, um, we were talking about this offline before, maybe about six, seven months ago. You're like, yeah, let, let's make it happen on a podcast. And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it next week. You were like, no, let's do it in May. And I was like, what? May's gone. You were like, no, 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 May next year. And I was like, this dude is crazy. Planning seven months in advance. And now we're here, dude. It's gone, it's gone in a flash. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, you know, we talk about that. When I took that endeavor, it was October. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I don't catch these people today, now uh, they're 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 gonna get booked and so i booked the entire year wow. in october by december everything was full so thank you for answering the call and thank you for being making Love yourself to. available so uh, today Appreciate we're gonna be talking about leadership and yep. public speaking mm-hmm. one of the areas that leaders need to and i say need to because i've seen it so many times is learn how to speak in public. There are just so many atrocities that come by way of not being able to articulate and bring a thought forward to a group of people, especially at the leadership level. But before we get into all that good stuff with you, I know you're going to kill Tell me about Ravi. Tell me, because, you know, it didn't start where you were at, right? You, you were at oh. chapter 20, right? There was a chapter one. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, dude, weirdly for me, I didn't get my start as the professional speaker or the guy that has a TED talk that went viral 50 times over. That's just not my story, man. My mom, it all began when my mom threw me. Actually, not even threw me, dude. She shoved me into the same dance school as my sister when I was seven years old. And dude, I remember I was so embarrassed, ashamed, and just really, really, really angry that my mom had done this to me. But deep down, I was like, man, I love this. After a few after a few times of stage, I was like, dude, I ain't angry. I've got to pretend to be angry, but I actually love this. I was getting teased at school because I was the only dude going to dance classes. But man, I loved it. Eventually, I kept saying, mom, can I quit? Mom, can I quit? She said, all right, you can quit. And I ended up stumbling my way into theater as a teen. Weirdly, dude, I had no idea that my best friend's father was a playwright. So he started writing me in all these plays. One play led to another and another lead roles and it was so much fun man eventually as i was growing up people would say yo ravi you're gonna take this whole speaking acting or presenting things seriously because you're pretty good at it and in my head enrique i was like "Mm, no 
Like, are you kidding? I want to go make some money. My ego was like, go make some money, man. You need you need to go out into the world of business and go make some money. So I was like, okay. I did the classic thing I think we've all probably done. And I ended up in business school, did that whole thing, and ended up on the trading floor at Citibank over in London. And that's when my career in corporate sales and delivering business presentations, pitches, speaking one-to-one, one-to-many. That's when it really began in the business world. But over time, Enrique, I started to feel, man, that I was living somebody else's dream. I was like, man, this is all I ever wanted. Why does it not feel the way I thought it would feel when I got there? And I was like, man, this is like, this is just an anti-climax. I started feeling like I was meant for more, but I didn't know what that was. I had no clue, man, but eventually I resigned in 2016. And that's when I entered the world of consulting, TV, radio over here in the UK, and sales leadership in various high-growth, early-stage startups. And as I, as I was in the rooms where we were pitching for business without a brand name, I was on stages representing the brand. I would look around and I was like, man, why do so many business presentations suck? Like, they really, really suck. They lack authenticity. They lack effective storytelling or, if any, storytelling at all. And also being able to communicate with influence. So that's led me to the big mission that I'm on now, which is working with high achievers, entrepreneurs, and leaders to help them craft their story and ultimately deliver high-impact presentations that not only connect, but convert. Well, I tell you, I could sit here all day long and listen to you. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like a bromance. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie. Thank I you, love man. the Thank way you. you present the spoken word uh, and, you. you know, your history. So, so yes, bravo to your mom for pushing you out I there, know. brother, because if it hadn't been for that, look, I, we don't know where you would be, but we're grateful that you are at the position you are in life. And, you know, and what you do now, we watch you a lot on LinkedIn. At least I okay. do watch you a lot on LinkedIn, watch your shows, watch the shows that you're presenting on or speaking, collaborating. And those are all great. Um, Thank you. Uh, there are leaders out there that are going to be listening to this somewhere down the road or even not, you know, as the episode launches that are struggling. They are they cannot get together their mind, right? Their mind, their thoughts, and their words together to present in front of groups, and they collapse in the in the public setting. What would be the first thing you could tell them to, that they need to, you know, harness and get a hold of in order to overcome those? So somebody once told me this, and it stuck with me ever since. And they said, "Your story." should not be delivered to give you significance. It should be delivered to give your audience significance. And I was like, wow, man, that's that's really powerful because I think a lot of the times when leaders, and you know, leaders is quite a big word. You know, are we talking about, is it a consultant? Is it a business owner? Is it somebody in the corporate world, startup? But in general, what I would say is, is as leaders, we struggle with 
the Mount Everest effect where we're like, okay, I'm about to go on stage. I'm about to present in front of these people. What is the story that I've got, like the most amazing story ever, which will make me look amazing? For example, have I sold my company for a billion dollars? You know, did I take this company from 10 to 50 million in less than three days? Like, what did I do, which is amazing here? And we struggle with trying to find the perfect story when the truth is, is perfection doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. You know, if you look at every story since the beginning of time, it's not linear. But why do we try and find perfect stories? Well, actually, sometimes it's because we're assuming that people connect with perfection when actually imperfection equals connection. So I would say the first thing to really think about as a leader is when you are delivering a specific message, one, think about, you know, have I really got my audience in mind here? Or am I trying to look cool here? Am I just trying to get a standing ovation? Because, hey, Enrique, you're a really confident speaker, dude, is is cool. You know what's cooler? Oh, Enrique, when I heard your story, oh man, I felt like you were talking to me. Like, because of you, I'm going to now, that, that's where the gold is. So who's your message for? You know, who's your story for? And really think about when you're crafting it, don't just try and be Mr. or Mrs. Perfect because people can't relate to that. You need to be seen as somebody of value, but also somebody who's relatable. So for example, if I tell you a story about, oh my God, I've got a Lamb, I don't have a Lamborghini, you know, uh, one day soon, but I was like, hey, I've got this Lamborghini, man. Look at that Lamborghini behind me. You're like, yeah, cool. Okay, great, Rav. I mean, how many people in the room have a Lamborghini now? Depending on the room of who I'm speaking to, but maybe not many. Now, imagine if I tell you a story, true story. It literally, bro, every single time I put my clothes in the washing machine, I forget to put it in the dryer and they're soaked. And then I go put it back in the washing machine. And it's this cycle every single day. And my missus is like, Rav, when are you going to learn? Like, dude, like stories like that, for example, people can relate to because they've either done it or they're the person telling their partner off for doing it. It makes you relatable. So I think it's important to really round it off with and to recap three things. You know, think about your audience, right? Do you have your, um, secondly, do you really have a story which gives them significance, not you significance? And then finally, are you able to share your imperfections in a way which builds true connection? And I, I love those three because they tell the reason why most leaders can't communicate because yeah. they can't do any of those three. Right. Vulnerability at the leadership level is almost frowned upon, which I don't understand because you you just said relatability. Right. You have to be able to relate to a person in order to accept the goods that they're bringing. Yeah, Uh, that's it's almost like in sales. Right. If they can't believe that you can, then you might as well forget it. So in leadership and in speaking, the audience, obviously, you're correct there because if you don't know who you're speaking to, um, it, it, which is one of the reasons why people do good or bad on LinkedIn, right? They don't know the people who they're talking to. They're just blasting it out. Um, mm-hmm. And having the right story, the imperfect story is the key to it all. So thank you because I, I have seen that be 
the hindrance to most leaders and their effectiveness, especially when they're speaking to folks. A hundred percent, dude. And you picked up, I mean, we could talk about this for days. I feel like there's a thousand points you could really, we could really hone in on. But what you mentioned there is very, very interesting because a leader who's speaking, often what I, what I look at it, and this is my perspective, the way I look at it, is they're always selling. They're not physically selling a product, but they're selling a vision or they're trying to get their co-workers to buy into the company vision, right? And if, for example, you can't speak with impact, put people first, really showcase that you are somebody who's willing to drive that mission forward from the forefront, why are people going to want to go above and beyond for the vision. If you just think about the most amazing companies since the beginning of time, I'll give you an example actually. Gymshark. You know Gymshark? The you know, Ben Francis has done an amazing job with them from what I've um what I've read about him and also what I've seen about him or seen from him in interviews. And I heard something he said and I was like, this is this is spot on. He said there was a weekend where I think it was Black Friday or something like that, where their website went down. And their orders crashed. There was, you know, clients were going crazy. But the team apparently were working. Some of them didn't sleep. They were doing like 30-hour days plus or whatever. It's just to resolve it. You can't do that if you're not bought into a vision and the leader. And that happens through, as you said at the beginning, the spoken word. Yeah, it's amazing what the spoken word can do for a leader. Uh, you know, we have seen, at least I have seen in history uh, and in the military setting where, you know, you say we're going to take that hill and here comes, you know, 150, 100 people. Yeah. And you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> because yeah. nobody in their right mind is going to go throw their life on the line to take a hill. Right. But it's those leaders that are so inspirational and not only their life, but how they speak and how they motivate and inspire uh, to take a hill, right? If yeah. you needed to. Mm. Uh, so so you, you have uh, touched upon the ego because it truly is something that also kind of hinders a leader from communicating effectively. When you're talking from the position of me versus we uh, versus you, right? Uh, when you take the person into account in what you're talking about, it, it changes the dynamic of the conversation. Uh, mm. And most leaders are challenged with ego uh, because, hey, this is what I'm saying. This is what we're going to do. And by this time, I want to see results, right? But there's a way of delivering that that can motivate a person to take a hill or go do the tasks at hand how do you get away from the me, the, the I, uh, in order to communicate effectively? And how does that look? What does that look like? Well, uh, let, let's take a few different scenarios, actually. I, I suppose we could take this so many ways. But let, let's take a scenario where somebody needs 
so there's, there's, let's say there's a leader who is operating from a place of ego. And by the way, I think ego gets a bad rap. Like we've all got one, <laughs> like everybody has one. And there's a, there's a time and place, you know, where it can serve us in our lives. And there's time and place where it can be completely toxic if we allow it to drive our decision making, you know. But if we think about a scenario where a leader who's trying to be superwoman or superman, you know, they're like, oh, my God, you know, you know, putting out fires, cleaning out messes. I've done this. I've done that. I've done all these great things. But actually, if you take a look, uh, look back at it you're not focusing on the things which are really going to move the needle forward for example strategy and empowering others to really put their own stamp on areas where you may not be that great at but you need to let management know hey i did everything i did all this i did that right so it's quite interesting where that battle can happen so i think the first step of communication and really really simple and this is what i found when i was managing uh, and leading was asking somebody their opinion on something specific versus go do this for me, go do this for me, and can I have it in my inbox by four p.m.? But if you ask somebody, hey, given your expertise in X, Y, Z, how would you attack this? Tell me more about that. Ah, interesting. So here's my view on it. So getting getting them to also feel empowered and safe to share their viewpoint, you exchange yours, and then coming to a mutual mutual conclusion and a strategy for moving forward versus this is my strategy, it's my way or the highway. And when you can speak in a way which, for example, and we can use one strategy, I'll give you one strategy for doing this in a second, but if you can speak in a way which allows somebody to feel safe, to share their honest thoughts without being judged and then give them the room to actually execute on it. That is that is the beauty. Now, for example, I actually had a client who was in the military for a long time. And he was saying, you know, one of the big struggles that he had was in that world, you couldn't really show emotion. And in the world that he's in now as an entrepreneur, it's completely different. So for example, there's a few tools you can use for example, if I'm telling you, you know what, how, what do you think about this? You know, what, what do you think about this? The tone sounds quite angry, right? How can you switch the tone to something which is like, well, what do you think about this? Tell me what you think about this. And switching the tone from angry or sad to something quite happy and open. If you think about volume as well, if I'm using volume right now and I'm saying, do this for me. But if I can slow it down ever so slightly now, I sound intentional. And when I sound intentional, I come across way more thoughtful. Now, let's think about another technique which can be used, which is intonation. So for example, if I say, Enrique, could you just do that and have it in my inbox by 4pm? Right? There, I mean, there's a pitch and intonation issue there. Pitch is like, I'm just sounding like this the whole time. People think like, this is just monotone. But up here the whole time is monotone as well. And up here the whole time is monotone as well. So you got to take a look at the pitch, right? Um, but also, the rise and fall of your voice will give somebody an idea. Oh my God, Enrique's actually interested in what I have to say. Enrique, tell me a little bit about what you specifically think about that. That, that, He's like, curious. Oh, wow. The rise and fall of the voice makes you come across curious. So think about how can you use volume? How can you use speed? Okay, how can you use speed? Hey, can you just quickly get that done, please? Can you just quickly get that done? 
it, it, it feels quite anxiety fueled, doesn't it? So think about volume, think about speed, think about intonation. Think about, for example, the pause. Think about emphasizing certain words. There's so many tools you can use. So it's not just what you say, it's about how you say it. Absolutely correct. And I, you're going through it and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of scenarios that I've been in in my life in leadership and also in the military where uh, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the client that said, oh, they, you know, no feelings can be, you know, can be in there or they don't expect to see feeling. But uh, on the contrary, I did. I would, I would, if it was emotional and I needed to cry, I cried. Yeah. And, and you would be amazed at how that sincerity, which it was, you know, it wasn't made, you know, it wasn't played out. Right. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a theater guy, but it was intentional and it was, mm. uh, it was pure. You know, mm. if, if I, if I felt that I needed to cry, I did. And, and it, and it did wonders. I mean, the, the, uh, the sailors at, that I had in, you know, charge of, did more than was expected mm. and it happened because they believed right they believed in uh, not only the mission but the leader and you mentioned that earlier and mm. how that communication piece and, and being able to uh, you know give them what they needed through words through the right pitches through the right donations and and you 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 brought to my memory one time that uh the why was clear to me. And, and at that time I, it wasn't, and I was already a senior guy, but the why became clear. And then I was able to give that through voice and through words. And then everybody was clear on it. So words and, and, and speaking are so powerful yeah. at the leadership level. And now when I say leaders, you know, if you're, if you're leading one person to a next mission that you are the leader, right? But everybody has to lead at least themselves. Exactly. So, you know, so. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, exactly, man. And he, here's what's interesting is what you spoke about there with the why, etc. It's focused around connection. Now, going taking it back ever so slightly is if you want to connect with somebody, one of the most powerful ways to do that is storytelling. Because ultimately, when they exchange a personal story with you about something, it's amazing. So if you share your story, which is just to give you significance and somebody goes, okay, cool. Anyway, that story's not landed. They're not like, oh my God. And they exchange something similar about their experience. So the exchange of stories is so powerful in a business setting to actually build authentic and organic rapport. Absolutely. You mentioned um, earlier, we was talking about sheer numbers, which gets us into this next question here. Uh, numbers mm. uh, terrify people, right? Yeah. They can speak to to one person, and then you know nobody knows, and they're talking, and it's all fine. But you throw a little group of people, and then you mention, "Oh, there's going to be fifty people there," and yeah. bells and, and and alarms start going off, and then they start losing all composure, and then just can't yeah. get through it because yeah, public yeah. speaking. Uh, first is an art. You have to be able to do it. Uh, I've always believed if you could do it for one, you can do it for a thousand. You know, you just have to, 
in your mind and in your vision, you have to kind of compress the group into one body so you can be able to do so. But how do I get past those internal fears of being able to communicate? I could now I could do it with one person to do it with a thousand. So there's an interesting quote, right, that Mark Twain said, and he said, there's two types of speakers in the world, the nervous and the liars. So I think the interesting thing is, is we have this belief that when you get to a certain point and you're presenting in front of 5,000 people, you won't feel nervous. That's BS. Like, it's absolute rubbish. Like, if you're not nervous, I suppose the question which comes to mind is, well, how much does this mean to you? Maybe you need to switch things up. Maybe you've done this a thousand times and you're just like, ah, same talk, thousands of times. You know, it's interesting. So for me, it's a healthy response, but it's, it's the reframe which is very, very powerful. So do you see it as nerves, which creates crippling anxiety? Or do you see it as excitement, which is going to fuel you? So there's a, there's a powerful reframe there. And it's also an understanding that everybody gets nervous. And I think knowing and normalizing that everybody gets nervous before doing something like that is very, very important. Part one. Part two is having an effective pre-speaking or pre-presentation routine, right? So for example... Do you want to engage in meditation before? Do you want to do some mindfulness? Do you want to ground yourself? Do you want to listen to affirmations? Is there, you know, do you want to listen to some 50 cent? What do you want to listen to, right? What will help you be in the most relaxed state? Because think about it like this, Enrique. If I'm going out in the boxing ring and I'm crazy, I'm just like fist pumping. I'm just like, you know, like dancing, going crazy. You don't really see that that often. You see people calm, cool, collected, getting in the zone because when they're most relaxed, that's when they can throw the hardest punches. And in this case, your punches are your words. They're your bullets. So you need to be in the most relaxed state. Otherwise, your mind is moving faster than your mouth. And when then your mind is moving faster than your mouth, you're worried about fumbling your words. Oh my God, am I going to fumble my words? Oh my God, is everybody going to know? you implode, (laughs) right? And then the final thing is eight mile it. And what I mean by eight mile it is, you've seen the movie Eight Mile with Eminem, right? At the end, how does he get the audience on his side? He says, I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. He basically uses every flaw and objection that anybody could have in that moment to his advantage. The crowd go insane. So if you are nervous... Right. If you are feeling a certain way, if you do fumble your words on stage, uh, Enrique, I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> I've gone blank. Dude, do you know my script? Do you know my script? I don't know. Maybe my mindfulness is working every day because I have no idea what I'm going to say next. If you can figure out a way to handle each one of those scenarios that have popped up for you with authenticity, and also you've got to rehearse it, right? That would allow you to feel more comfortable in those uncomfortable scenarios and use the imperfect, imperfect rather moments to once again create connection. Yeah, absolutely uh, true. Uh, I've been in situations where I've used laughter and yeah. I, I love to laugh. I love to smile. I'm all, yeah. <laughs> most of the time I'm always smiling, but yeah. uh, because it, it gets me home. Right. It brings me to a place where I am, you know, the most uh, relaxed. Uh, and when I can garner or, or kind of 
corral around laughter, then I can just free flow, right? And yeah. that's, a, that's a, a wonderful uh, piece there. Mm-hmm. Robbie, we could spend the whole entire day either me listening to you or <laughs> you telling us about all this stuff. Uh, now, there's leaders out there that were just that, that are listening and saying, man, that guy has something for me. How can they get a hold of you if they, that, they want that something? If they want that something, I say the best place to hang out with me, learn a little bit more about what I do and type of people I serve and more about how I support people in their speaking, communication, presenting and storytelling game. You know what I'm going to say, dude, it's LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. So connect with me at Ravi Rajani. I would love to learn more about you, learn more about your story and also see how you found this podcast episode. So folks, you know, like I said, from the first time I saw Ravi, that he was speaking, and then I saw some of the clips, I was hooked. I hope that this episode has been a light for you. If you have specific questions, get get to Ravi. Reach out via LinkedIn. I'm going to put all that information as part of the show notes and the video so they can't miss it. Yeah. But Ravi, thank you so much for taking Thanks, your, your time to speak with us, get us a little clearer on our speaking and being able to do that confidently at any level, right? We, we focus on leaders because it's the leadership show, but at any level, because guess what? Even parents need to be great speakers. Oh yeah. Uh, right. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, any parting words for us? Nothing, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate hanging out with you. As I said to you before the show, even before we, you know, flip the record button on, I love your energy, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. And let's do it again. We're gonna have to book a year in advance now because I know how you, I know how you work, man. I know how you work, but appreciate you having me, dude. Outstanding. Well, everybody, as we love to close the show, success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.